1: What to do? Tips for release.
0: <laughs> the rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. <laughs> what is this? What
2: is I know what th- want this one. <laughs> uh, that looks really okay. bad.
0: Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Vinlay Christie, Travis J with his mum Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell, and dad, Alistair Campbell
3: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch.
2: Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
3: This episode contains some adult themes and some childishly strong language.
0: This is a Dave original podcast.
3: Welcome to the Late Night MASH podcast. Yes, we've still got one, too, with Jeff Norcott and Olga Koch. 74% of listeners say they listen to podcasts to learn something. Things like statistics about what percentage of listeners listen to podcasts to learn something. Well, it's 74. I hope you're proud of yourselves. For those of you who haven't heard the intro before, in this podcast, we take the greatest culture war battles of our time and play them out in front of your very ears. We now join
4: Olga and Jeff
3: as they tackle one of the greatest issues Of our time.
1: So Olga, how are you?
4: Yes. Sorry. The literally the second you started speaking, my boyfriend walked in. Uh, Thank you so so much. Love you, baby. Okay. Jesus. All right. Let's start this goddamn episode.
1: How much was he wearing there? Because you seemed distracted immediately.
4: Do you want to see how short his shorts are? Do you? Do you? Do you, Jeff? A
1: little bit. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Oh, we used to wear shorts like that in the late eighties. If you can see, you want to be able to see his pulse. That's what you want to see.
4: <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Do you make, him, he do you make wear, him wear stuff like that? He doesn't wear boxers, Jeff, because they're too long.
1: <laughs> this generation of men, I'm excited about where it's going. You know? <gasps> they're really they're really redrawing the map of masculinity.
4: Boxers are too boxers are too
1: long but curtains are coming back i can't explain anything that's happening and <laughs> the weekend just gone uh, i was a celebrant uh, at, a, at a wedding you you seen that celebrant right
4: so are you the one marrying them are you the one standing
1: i'm not sure i had any legal jurisdiction really but i got to do be a pretend vicar is what i would call it and i've okay. got to say it's one of the best experiences of my life it is my is my sister Getting married and... Do, I mean, like, comedy, it's great making people laugh, but marrying people, whoa.
4: There's no way to bomb. There's absolutely no way to bomb.
1: Well, I think that there is. But I was sort of thinking, like, as comics, you know, we're all having to diversify now. I don't really want to do the cameo thing, you know, the, the greetings thing. Why aren't comedians being celebrants?
4: Should we start a business? Do you want I to marry thought- me and my boyfriend? Does he know any... I mean, he know that this is where your head's at yet, or all I know, I all I know that he knows is the length of the trousers he'll be wearing on the on the wedding day. <laughs>
1: because that that's a weird moment for him, because you you obviously recording that he can't hear me speaking, and he's he all he's heard is, "Do you want to marry me and my boyfriend?" Yeah.
4: He's been banished to the bathroom, Jeff. He doesn't even know this conversation's happening.
1: Well, let me tell you, if the walls are thin, he's currently having a panic attack. It that's my old <laughs> stereo that's my old stereotypical view that men all get panicked by the idea of, of marriage.
4: I think generally, I think uh the grass is greener has been so extreme because of dating apps that all people are now terrified to commit in any way, shape, or form. Cause you're just like, but there's a hundred other people at the tip of yeah. my fingertips.
1: Maybe this relates back to the polyamory thing. It's just polyamory is maybe just a logical reaction. To the amount of additional dick that is floating around in the world,
4: but what you, what they don't tell you is how much admin every dick comes with, and when you compare admin to dick, the ratio yeah. the ratio needs to be right,
1: Jeff. What what is the admin that comes with dick then? Oh, well, bloke, I how far know.
4: are you willing? How far are we willing to travel to? How good is the dick? That's a mm. good proportion to have, right? Like how how easy it is to meet up with them how easy going how much do you enjoy spending time with them i remember back in the hookup days the amount of like dancing around you need to do of like what time during the night can you message that person what are they up to you can't be like do you want to meet up because that's too keen right so you have to be like as blasé as laid back about it as possible you can't message them too early in the night but not too late where they're already hooking up with someone else or asleep it's it's too much. It's so much. Effort. Yeah, I
1: mean, it'd be awful if you if you said something like, "Do you want to meet up?" When you really wanted to meet up. I mean, God forbid that no, we. No, ever... God, we...
4: Jeff. <laughs> eh. Do That's you know so I, embarrassing.
1: I mean, thank God though. Like you know, when you overthink saying something out loud, at least texts you can you can think through how to seem casual. But if you if you care about something too much in person, so like if you meet up and 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 you had you thought you had really good dates and then you haven't seen that person for a while and what you. How, how, how you, be, there's no way of like not betraying how crushed you are at the time that's elapsed between dates. So what you, have what you, what you been up, up to then, you busy person?
4: <laughs> Do you not come in, you have to, date two or three, you have to come in with a pre-prepared list of cool things that you've done in the interim yeah. to make it seem like this hasn't even crossed my mind. I was too busy bungee jumping. <laughs>
1: And other late 90s extreme sports, (laughs) if you wanted to basically crush it with the women, Celebrant is a good place to be, I would say. You get to speak in that priesty sort of way.
4: Can you give me a taste?
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it's it's a real honour for Lorraine and James to have you here today. And uh, I could speak for the couple in saying that the sacrifices people have made in terms of journeying to be is something that they will always treasure. How about that? That's beautiful. My rhythms were a little bit borrowed from the uh, priest in The Simpsons, as as they should. Ladies and gentlemen, we are gathered here today in the eyes of the Lord. Just tried to kind of like you know Englishify that a little bit, but but yeah, it felt like I could also immediately see where where people in the clergy get off. You know, <laughs> did you
4: pepper in any jokes at all?
1: Uh, I uh, yeah, I mean, I, I tried one. What I had to deal with was the fact that I was a stand up and. But then I took the real moral high ground. I said, but really this is such a um, such an honour that, that I would I would hate to kind of spoil the moment by making it about me. Although I will ticket tour tickets will be on sale. If you want early bird
4: How else would your sister know you were on tour?
1: <laughs> Auntie Jean had no idea otherwise. <laughs> I mean what what would people pay to have Jimmy Carr marry them? I mean, whatever they would pay for a corporate treble it and you're not even close.
4: Okay. Devil's advocating this. I totally understand the idea of Jimmy Carr ordaining your wedding. Incredible. Mm. Fantastic. He'd make it unforgettable. But would he eclipse the wedding itself? Do you know what Mm. I mean? Because um, I hear all these stories. I think Maroon 5 even had a music video about this, where it's like, a famous band crashes your wedding, and they do a little set. And it's like, your wedding day's about you. But if Jimmy Carr's there, or Maroon 5 are there, the wedding day isn't about you anymore.
1: That's true. And you'd see how sort of celebrity hungry all your relatives were as well.
4: Yeah, because they're going to want to photo op with them as opposed to you.
1: Get them off site straight after. <laughs> you, don't, off- you don't pay for the photos. Um, but th- I, know, I know what you mean. You're absolutely right. But think about the social media content that you've got. You're dining out on that. Record likes, new followers, <laughs> picking up some of arguably- Jimmy's market...
4: <laughs> What else are you getting married for at the end yeah. of the day? I'm trying to get myself
1: into the mind of, of the young, you know? It's all about the content. It's all about, it's all about the moments. Iconic
4: hashtags. Iconic hashtags. If I don't get 10K on my engagement post, baby, I'm breaking off the engagement. Um, all right.
1: So, so further to the idea of celebrity celebrants. Celebritants. Oh, my God. Boom. A genuinely patent in this. Celebritants. Would you have one? for your wedding or funeral, right? Well, there's a lot of money to pay when you're not gonna be there, in fairness. But would you have one, and if so, who? <laughs> Andy, I think we're ready for the first question, mate. What is it? Okay, it's gonna be, should we have a king? Well, we do. Um, question two, please. Is that, a, sorry, we're supposed to, okay. So is this right? I mean, I suppose there's two dimensions to this question. Is Should we have a monarchy at all? If you're a betting man, you probably know where I'm coming from broadly on this. But Olga, in the spirit of open-mindedness, why would you get rid of something so beautiful?
4: I am indifferent towards the the royal family itself. If you want royals, by all means. But I Mm. think there needs to be much more vast financial accountability for the family that is just currently not there.
1: Okay. So like publicize the
4: king but like inheritance tax what about take away all their land or i don't know most of their land they own so much land jeff this has nothing to do with them being kings or queens
1: okay i want i want to like can we dial it back to them showing their receipts first and try and build up to take away all their land
4: (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i mean yeah financial Mm. accountability of any kind would be would be nice no yeah i mean the, the the inheritance tax thing
1: that's that's a tough one uh I think even the staunchest royalist would say that was a bit not reading the room, perhaps. I think the logic was that it would be disrespectful to the Queen. I mean, that, whoever that accountant is who said that.
4: Wait, it would be disrespectful to the Queen to follow the law of the country?
1: Yeah. I thought that, you know, like his first address... I mean, one thing is, is like for a long time, when he was Prince Charles, people sort of said like he won't feel kingly right you know like we the queen is the queen i mean even like I, i forgot that hm could mean his majesty as well as her majesty when someone said his majesty i was like no no it's her it's her these pronouns tricky oh my god
4: now it's a pronouns question
1: it's a pronoun question for the right i didn't think that he would seem kingly but one thing you forget about all these things is the moment he is king you go well that already is quite a kingly thing to be king you know, people saying
4: <laughs> <laughs> if this podcast ever has merch, this has to be the only piece of merch that we have. It's quite kingly to be king.
1: I think that's so profound. You're right; it is profound. I mean, you didn't say it's profound, but that's what I'm. I'm hoping that you meant by that.
4: Honestly, sentimentality aside, it's just a family who lives off of taxpayers' money. Yeah, I mean, the
1: only I, I get that. I, I mean, they they do do the sums. I think like for each person, it's like £1.50 a year, like each British person to have a royal family, £1.50 a year. So it's not, it's not irrelevant, but it's not, it's not a huge amount of money. And, and just to have something to talk about and to gossip about and to judge or to celebrate, I see that as quite decent value. That's just my personal take. You know, not everyone else has to feel that way. But I think to have this grand metaphor that you can sort of project a lot of your own family stuff onto if it's 150 quid a year, you're going, that's Netflix level money. That's what it costs me to have Netflix. Do the royal family provide me with the... To lunch? watch The Crown. <laughs> to watch <laughs> to watch The Crown. And for all the great content that the royal family provide, uh, does it really match Netflix? I mean, I would say recently Netflix has fallen off a bit. But
4: Jeff, I don't know if I would uh, qualify what Prince Andrew did as content, but hey.
1: Mm, that's true. That's true. That is, uh, that's withdrawn content. That's that's that stuff that suddenly isn't available on Netflix anymore.
4: Producer Andy, can you tell us more about what the royal family model in Spain and Denmark is? Um,
1: yeah, one second.
3: Because they
4: still, it's weird, isn't it? You
1: you suddenly find out that these countries have still got one. Um, I think the, the Spanish, it, they're just like you. You sort of see them at your local sort of cash and carry. Sometimes you know they are just they're very they probably status-wise, they're kind of like sort of the equivalent of, of championship, like rug, professional rugby union players. There we go. Like it's, not, it's not nothing,
3: but so what? Bit of info about the Danish Royals that I picked up. They don't own any land. Um, they pay inheritance tax. They pay income tax. Um, but they do get like a stipend from the Danish government to basically pay their staff and they don't pay VAT, so they get cheap cars.
1: So you go, all right, they pay inheritance tax, great. They pay income tax, pretty sure the, the Queen pays income tax, but um, they don't pay VAT. That's such a random... Yeah. That's that, That's prob- problematic, isn't it?
4: You take your victories where you can get them, okay? Yeah. <laughs> they, get a, they actually have 50% off at Pret. They...
1: <laughs> or is that, I can never remember, is it when you eat in that you have to pay VAT? Because when you take it away, it's just sustenance, right? But if you're eating in, there's a value-added nature yes. to dining in. So they're just always, yeah, I will eat this pret. They don't even have to lie at Pret. I've got to say, I think there's a part of me that did prefer having a female head of state, just something about that. And I don't know if that's because of the sort of matriarchal nature of my own family, but there was something felt right about that. I, but it's all I've ever known. So do I even know what I think on this subject?
4: look fundamentally they're all neutrally bad for me but now we have charles who isn't gonna even look nice while being bad
1: won't look as good in pastels
4: yeah the way that she would like wear a brooch and everybody would freak out and be like oh my god she totally dragged obama with that brooch or whatever but it's like that's not gonna happen with charles what's he gonna wear socks
3: The Danish monarchy up until the 17th century had an elective system where you could mm. vote for anyone within the family. It still had to be within the family. Like, if you were going to improve the monarchy, would you maybe want to do it within that sort of framework?
1: I... I Yeah, I mean, the idea of of a public vote... I mean, the things that a royal family would have to do individually to curry favour with the public would be pretty grotty, man. You know... We've we've seen what politicians will say. Imagine imagine what you would say to just avoid all like inheritance tax, and get free money, forever. Do you think it would just be really unseemly for them to try and be likable then? Well, I mean they do have to do that anyway. But the royal family at least it's baked in a little bit. they once in they can be a little oh, piss off. We've asked, we've answered enough questions. Go oh, On piss off. And I kind of like that because that makes them human, right? Because you think well yeah that, anybody would get bored of waving. But these guys are waving forever.
4: (laughs) They're always on the campaign trail. My immediate reaction to what Andy just described about the Danish royal family is how terrible it would be to be part of that family because you're competing with your sisters and brothers and there's constant scheming Mm. and backstabbing and you can never trust them. So what I would want to do is if we do come back to that, we get the producers of Keeping Up With The Kardashians filming the whole thing because that would be entertainment we need we need a sort of a public service like bbc pbs public broadcaster doing a really cheesy reality show about them that could yeah. be their service that could be their job
1: and what for forever or like season so give them a bit of downtime like the kardashians
4: yeah but but the kardashians have been doing it for what 20 years or something i mean maybe yeah. 15 it's crazy yeah, so I mean, yeah, I, I want cutaways when they're doing like individual interviews, like the talking head of like, I actually meant this. Can you imagine? Mm. They, I mean, I suppose
1: what that makes me think as well is that other cultures do have royal families, essentially. You, there's something that needs to be in that space. And if the analogy is between the Kardashians and the royal family, I, you know, I think just as so long as it's entertaining...
4: Jeff, what do you think about people getting arrested for holding signs that say not my king?
1: Uh, Well, you know, straight to the tower, um, solitary confinement, maybe like a, a year, perhaps food. But no, I mean, look, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Saying not my king. I mean, there's two sides to that. One, you should not be, you know, look, I'm one of those free speech warriors. I think if it's not against the law, I don't really know why the police are arresting people. This is a problem generally, by the way, cuts across left and right, the police arresting people for things that aren't transgressions of the law. This this can't happen. So it also can't happen with the king. I mean, the truth is, he is their king, you know, constitutionally. But if they want to hold up a sign saying, not my king, fine. And then you get people like, you know, the guy in Edinburgh that went and shouted at the coffin as it went past, because Andrew's there, you know... I mean, like, is Shoup's legally entitled to shout that stuff? Whether that is... Whether there might be other opportunities, shout. I mean, at the point where you're shouting at a coffin, I do think you need to go, right, you know, is there other places I I, I could do this, potentially? Um, But then the police sort of arrested him. So some guys kind of manhandled him, which is against the law, right? But then the police arrested the guy that was shouting. So I think that... You know, but it sort of brings back to a general point we've made about this is that we're sort of seeing the limits of hypersensitivity here. If it's not against the law, they can't arrest you. I mean, that's got to be a basic principle of how the police operate, right?
4: You heard it here first, listeners. Jeff said cab.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've kind Very of real, good. <laughs> we're true, truth bombs here. And also, uh, it's quite kingly to be king. If it's not against the law, they can't arrest you. Well, it wasn't part of the problem that it they'd sort of made it against the
3: law a bit, because there's now a sort of like keeping the peace part of um,
1: like the anti-protest law. Mm, yeah, I mean, this is one area where I was getting off the Tory train. There, I don't really like, you know, the idea of noisy protests being illegal is a bit, you know, it's it's not it's not as it's not as libertarian as I'd like. I have to say.
4: It is interesting. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is getting too serious, I suppose, but it, it, it it's interesting to see this law in action and how it does. its vagueness turns into a catch-all term that gives police unlimited power.
1: Yeah, I've got to say, you know, in my experience sort of saying to police, oh, you can, in situations like this, you can make up the law. It hasn't played out well historically, globally.
4: Andy, is this funny enough?
1: So, should we have king? Yeah, for now. I think that we should. I mean, one the other thing is as well is that polling for keeping the monarchy is around 67, 70%. So you couldn't really change. I don't think you could change. You couldn't change it without a referendum. And if there was, it would be very unlikely that anything would change. So I guess we crack on.
4: And my contribution in a pragmatic sense is if we're not getting rid of them, we need to hold them accountable financially as much as we possibly can.
1: Receipts. I'm with you on that. They're savage. Only because I'm fucking nosy.
4: <laughs> receipts.
1: <laughs> you yeah. want to find? You know, when you get receipts, then you find out like someone's got some weird like Disney store habit. You know what I mean? You find out Princess Eugenie spent like seventeen grand at a Disney store. That's the kind. And of then I'd finally I
4: like. have some fucking respect for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying this because I'm literally going to Disney Disney Paris tomorrow, Jeff. Oh. To visit my royal family, Mickey and Minnie.
1: we all know goofy would be is it goofy or pluto i don't want to offend your community you know like i'm sensitive (laughs) the disney
4: Disney adult pluto is the pet uh goofy is the friend is it fucked up that they're both friends with a dog and own a dog sure but they're both mice so
1: so in a weird weird way this is your riderless pony isn't it (laughs) (laughs) we've see. we've all got a weird thing where we invest stuff into lovely um yeah,
3: something something sort of filthy sounding about ride, riderless pony that I've not been able to get out of my brain since you said it, and I don't know what it is. It's sort of okay, Andy. Yeah, it's the me thing. I think. Sorry, everyone.
4: Have uh, <laughs> a lean patch, mate. <laughs> Andy, Andy, Andy. The riderless pony is looking for a reverse cowgirl. Is that it? Something <laughs> maybe, like that? Maybe.
3: Maybe it's just the sort of riding connotation. I guess. Like, um, whatever. Cool.
4: So. <laughs> riderless pony is a fantastic name for a, a male widow a male oh, widow gee. is a widower What the fuck? <laughs>
2: <laughs> head over to hulu this march where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long catch the award-winning movie poor things starring emma stone mark ruffalo and willem dafoe Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Uh,
4: Hello,
3: Olga. Hello, Jeff. It's Stephen Mangan here. With a question that is, it's it's been worrying me. It's kept me awake at night, uh, and I wondered if you could help. Menus on menus, they put the calories of the dishes. Should they? Thank you.
1: Okay, so should menus contain calories? A question asked with with well, some sort of yeah. Obviously, I'll go. I, I, I don't honestly know where you'll go with this. I've, I've got no steers. I've got no instincts.
4: Absolutely not. Take those calorie counts off. All right. First and foremost, I know this because I listened to a very long podcast about this. But basically, scientifically, there's absolutely no research to support the fact that putting calorie counts in any way contributes to people changing their diets um, yeah. and ordering less. And so if there's no quote unquote good coming from it and that is a big question whether it it would be good but if you think that people lowering their calorie counts is a good thing there's no support to say that it it is happening and the worst thing that can happen is that it can trigger people's eating disorders
2: mm. and
4: so what what is what's the positive what's what's, what's well the i suppose
1: it comes from this environment whereby you know type 2 diabetes is, is on the rise and it, and it costs a lot of money so that is an avoidable thing. So the government feel like we've got to do something, right? But you're right. Is the question is, is, is what they're doing likely to work? One, one thing I would say about this is, is I sort of think it does level the playing field a little bit between restaurants and fast food restaurants, right? Fast food restaurants get loads of stick, but actually the calorie count for a lot of the things that people buy at fast food restaurants isn't that bad. Like, you know, uh, KFC, two-piece chicken meal, 750 calories. You add another piece of chicken, 900. I mean, it's not, you know, for your main meal, It's not that bad. Uh, Big Mac, 450 calories. That's lower than a lot of uh, vacuum-packed sandwiches that you get at M&S.
4: Jeff, are you reading this off of somewhere, or it's just off the dough? No,
1: because I actually do follow the calorie thing. I do follow the calorie thing. And, and, And then you go to these restaurants, right, that never get anything, and they go, oh, here's our lamb shank with creamy mash and fucking buttered parsnips. What's that? 1,600 calories, no one ever, Jamie Oliver's never talked about those pricks. Oh, he's, always, he's always going on about the kind of places that working class people. Well, let's be honest, it's a cost-effective way to feed people now. You're eating dinner. Don't take the joy out of choosing food, man. It's a tough world out there. I don't want to be doing fucking calorie
4: maths. First and foremost, I'd like to say, shout out to KFC yet again.
1: Just put me in your adverts. I know I'm not funky, but I do eat it. And I actually appreciate it as, as freshly cooked food, which is prepared on site.
4: <laughs> yes. Okay. So, I mean, is the bottom line no, no calorie counts? Yes, calorie counts. What, you want calorie counts because it, it, because of Jamie Oliver.
1: Because, I, look, I think that fast food gets a bad rap in this country. It employs a lot of young people. It, it's one of the, you know, McDonald's is a great employer. It, I mean, almost all young people have served coffee now in their life. Almost all. My, my generation, hardly anyone. This generation, they've all said, enjoy. They will say that, don't they? Enjoy, when they give you the food. And I think that that's a sign that youngsters are a bit nicer, because when I was young, people used to throw food at you. Yeah,
4: what well, they don't tell you about egging your house is that they scream 70 calories every time that they throw an egg <laughs> at your house. <laughs>
1: So it is roughly seventy calories. You're right. Yeah, I mean, some Jeff. Of the we both eggs.
4: have fucked up relationships with food. I think. I think that's been established. But is it is it fucked up to know
1: to have a rough idea of, of calories? Is that a bad thing? Because that is how for me, if I want to lose a little bit of weight, I go okay. I know that if I have a bit less than two thousand calories a day for about seven days, I'll probably lose a pound or two.
4: I think for me, again, I the, 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 this is my individual experience with food is like I I will have to. Compare sort of the the risk versus reward of it, and it feels yeah. like it's just not worth it.
1: I mean, if you're sitting there, and we mentioned calorie maths earlier, is you're going, you having to budget, you having to go, well, I do like to look at that main, but that'll mean I'll have to have a miso soup as start. I'll have to have something clear, and if I'm lucky, I might be able to have a sorbet at the end because I'm spending it all on the main. That's just not fun, is it? That's not a fun yeah. way to dine. But, you know, with all these measures, right, sugar tax, for example, I mean, do you think that the government should be, you know, given like the rise in pressure that, that it's reported to create on the NHS, do you think the government should be doing nothing or is there a level of intervention that you'd be comfortable with?
4: It's not something that I have a strong opinions on because I don't think I'm educated enough on it, but this is a comedy podcast, so I will speak freely. Um, I think that like our, I guess our general like health approach should be less about weight and more about the the ingredients, right? Yeah, and it it just feels like a really weird thing to be like, okay, we're concerned for your health so instead of questioning the amount of like sugar oil trans fats or whatever the fuck were that you're putting in the in, in the food all we're going to do is just going to put the calorie content there
1: if you wanted a national drive to lower the weight of the nation right if that was agreed to be the objective the things that have worked in the past for that are shocking public service adverts uh, and i don't think in in this day and age that any government would have the would do that they just wouldn't do that because of the blowback and you know like the the debate around it so what they do is they do little bits of window dressing like the sugar tax which doesn't appear to have reduced the amount of sugar that people are having. And now you get like cans of Coke or a lot of people are drinking. Oh, this is normal Fanta, but it's got way less sugar in, but it still tastes sweet. Well, what else is in it? What else is in it? Lies. The sneaky vanilla flavor of lies. Aspartame, to give it another name. I don't know what the answer is because like the problem, you you have a slightly different take to me in that you you focus on health than just raw weight. Whereas, Whereas I'm concerned about, you know, type two diabetes and the pressure that puts in the NHS. I just I just if I don't know what the what the answer is. You know, like there is rising obesity both here and in the States.
4: Oh, just like high prices of fresh produce and fresh produce not being and quote unquote healthy options not being as readily available as fast food.
1: It's a pain in the arse though, isn't it, making your own vegetable soup. It is.
4: Is KFC gonna have to start serving it?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, that was a thing that they did. Do you remember like a while ago, like McDonald's were like, oh, fuck, you know, people are talking about after Super Size supersize me. God, that guy hated that guy. What's his name? Mo- Morgan Spurlock. He sucked. Oh, what an idiot, man. Just like, oh, okay, uh, I eat McDonald's every day and every time they ask me for one well, yeah, what well, about individual choice, Belen? And then he put on loads of weight and he's like, oh, I'm really ill now from the stuff. And then McDonald's were like, well, we care about this stuff. So here's the salad that no one will ever buy.
4: But also he only ate McDonald's. He was mimicking a lifestyle that doesn't exist. No one has McDonald's th- for three meals a day. That's insane. And also just because they
1: offer it, just because they went, do you want is that supersized? He's like, well, they've asked me, so I have to. No, that is, the- that is the conceit that you've put in place for this show. It's a stupid conceit. You don't have to do that. Um so that that was the start of all this stuff. So I think what happened then was McDonald's, yeah, they were like, they we're going to do some little green salad. I mean, bless them, McDonald's, bless them, for how, amount of salad they must have thrown away <laughs> during that period. No one's going to McDonald's for the fucking salad. And then I think recently McDonald's have gone, do you know what, we do burgers, okay? <laughs> that is who we are.
4: Take it or leave it, is, baby. You know, we,
1: yeah, especially since five guys came into the marketplace, absolutely raised the bar. Let's just, you know, really took it into an interesting place, I think. I really love fast food, by the way. I really do. I really... I know, Jeff. It's a very mainstream bit of culture, but, like, I have such a fond relationship with it.
4: I mean, and there's, like, a nostalgic element to it. There's also, like, a safety element to it that, like, wherever you go in the world, you're always going to get a Big Mac and it's going to taste the same. And it's going to feel familiar mm. and you're going to know what the, restu- the inside of the restaurant looks like. Yeah, I think, I think there's a lot to be said about, like, what cultural space uh, fast food occupies apart from just being food I mean you I've never even thought about it like that until you just said that but for, you know Cheers the sitcom where everybody knows your name that's
1: McDonald's is my Cheers and or they only know my name because I have to give them it when I put in the order so they can
4: <laughs> as a person I mean I I can't claim to know what it's like to live in middle America I've only ever been on vacation and my most recent road trip in middle America I thought the the most striking thing wasn't that like Oh my God! There's so much fast food. Is that like there are so many occasions where fast food is the only option? And I think the the mm, issue mm. isn't fast food is bad. It's that there's nothing else other than fast food. If you go down a highway, the only options are Wendy's and McDonald's. Like there's no third option. So I do think it's about um, finding ways to offer healthier options on par with fast food.
1: It's hard to compete, though, isn't it? Because human nature is human nature. The heart wants what the heart wants. Is it's really. Like my wife used to say to me, like I'd moan about putting on weight when I was like going on tour and stuff, and she was like, she would say to me, um, "Well, you could just chop yourself up a little salad in a, and like halfway through that sentence, I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to carry on like this, because like the, just the idea of just standing there, just and then, and then I don't know if this is why this is, but seeing men of a certain age eating their packed lunches is just one of most fucking tragic things, isn't it? What is? Yeah, that?
4: that's unreasonable. That's an just, unreasonable no that's not an option
1: just a bit of cutlery that they bought from home it's the fact they have to sit hunched on the little bench and you go ah he's alone in life (laughs) he has no one
4: whereas if i saw a man on a bench eating alone a five guys burger i'd be like who's that legend let me get his number
1: yeah yeah exactly all grease all over his face you know what i mean just just kind of grease dampness seeping through into his chinos (laughs) having a little sleep (laughs) on the bed a little bit of tomato on his beard <laughs> yeah i i mean i i love food i think that i don't think the sugar tax has worked i think that that um you know like a, a fast a soft drink manufacturers have just found ways around it and, and i think that I, all right here's the thing maybe if you are part operating a calorie controlled diet you know like do you have any allergies do you want the fun menu or the sad menu
4: you can make the calories accessible. They're, like, they're available on the website or if you can have it like on a menu on the side. A little fold-out
1: bit on the side. Yeah. You know, like a kid's book where it just comes up and you make, you make... And then that'll be another thing to discuss at the dinner table. Who's going, who's going happy menu, sad menu? They go, oh, Dave's going sad menu. Look at Dave, eh? Hey?
4: After Dave's divorce, every menu is a sad menu. But... She's
1: still letting him see him at weekends. But...
4: <laughs> Andy what are what are the what are the options to healthify food offerings whenever people
3: try it they tend to mock to a more sort of bougie audience like yeah.
4: but both like Pret and Chipotle have fresh ingredients in a way that like McDonald's doesn't I mean, this is
1: a a fair point. Uh, If you look at something like Subway, people knock Subway and they go, well, actually, the bread is technically cake. You know, there's always some twat there. to, to, You know, one of those little factoids that they obviously say during a lot of these discussions and take great pleasure, it's actually legally bread. You know, shut up, mate. You know what I mean? No, it's actually cake. It's legally cake. Shut up. And we all know that Subway bread isn't the greatest (laughs) bread. Okay. But I do have a bit of fresh sweet corn in there. I have some chopped olives you know it is at least it's made in in front of me at I least mean, so so there are things that exist now that i think are better better than what i had as a kid nando's is definitely better than anything anything i ate out of the freezer at home
4: well i guess i mean the the big big overarching question is like what occasions are you having fast food and and is that because of the type of like a what's the school meal situation b is the 9 to 5 work day not condu- conducive To cooking at home. C is like, what are the options when you're at work? I just, I just think that I think it's a much, much, much higher level question of how can we build our lives around being able to have a home cooked meal?
1: Yeah. Monday, we will probably cook a meal at home. Tuesday, Monday was a lot of stress. Let's have takeaway. Uh, Wednesday, home cooked meal. Thursday is basically the weekend. Friday, of course, is takeaway night as well. Saturday, Saturday night takeaway. Sunday, we'll go out for a roast. So, you know... I think we're. That's too too home. Yeah, God, it is hard, isn't it?
4: But also, it's like, does is anyone at home in order to cook these meals? Because a lot of households don't have anyone at home during the day, right? So mm. all into the to realm consider. of
1: unsolvables again. Again, it's all like it's like climate change, where it feels like the government, all the government can do is go, "Well, we've done a little thing here that shows that we're aware of it," but it's not really going to change anything, and actually, it's just it's probably just going to get worse.
4: That's a really good Tory voice.
1: That's the That is the the. I'm being to, be, you know, be, to be clear, to be level. This is something that's bad. It will get worse, and that will be the general direction of travel for the foreseeable future. That's probably the most honest thing you could say, isn't it? There's no, there's no way, there's no unless you take such heavy-handed. Oh, you scare the shit out of the public, right? Like, like one of the, the old, like remember the the original advert for AIDS, which just petrified a whole generation of people. You need to have that advert about weight gain, right? I'm not sure any government would do that, or you legislate, you tax so hard that people will then, I don't think there's an answer to this. I think it's just manage decline.
4: I take out weight gain because I don't think weight gain um, in general is an indicator of health as much as you say it is.
1: I mean, if you want to push back on that, I'm happy for that. I mean, it's something that I think weight gain in and of itself, on its own, isn't the only indicator of wealth. But, you know, I am conscious of the costs of type 2 diabetes.
4: But what about people who are not overweight but have high cholesterol or have diabetes and are not overweight? There's so many health issues that are outside of weight.
1: No, I don't think, but that's the, yeah, let's let's go for all of them. (laughs) Smoking, let's raise it. Let's just get, let's get judgy. Let's get, let's get really judgy.
4: Yeah, there's some really, really slender alcoholics out there, Jeff.
1: Yeah, I'm bringing judgy back. So, Olga, was there, there any space in this chat where we found common ground here? Was there any ideas where we think are reasonable?
4: Well, I think we agreed that there shouldn't be calorie counts on the main menus, and you could just make them accessible yeah. if you so wish.
1: The happy-sad menu.
4: The happy-sad menu.
1: I mean, that still the word sad is, is in there. The happy, the sad-happy. Just, just flip the words
4: around, let's end on a positive. Yeah, the sad-happy menu.
1: I think the happy-sad menu is like a government... We understand why they feel compelled to act. We also respect the right of the individual to to choose. So there you go, choose a little foldout, a little foldout menu. But then, ah, oh, this is where it's out. They get one prick in the group. The sad menu guy is going to be the guy that then informs everyone. on the happy menu, oh, you're having the you're having Lamshenko. That's funny because a lot of people think that's that. Shut up, Dave.
4: Dave's not getting invited anymore. She's in not any coming more. back. She is not coming back. She's
1: never. She's not coming back. Dead. For reasons like this. That's really funny because a lot of people actually think that the cream parsnip soup would be quite calorific, but they all use it. Dave, <laughs> mate, this is why you've been dropped out. Did you know there's a new WhatsApp group, Dave? And you're not on it? The Daveless group. It's stuff like this, man. Okay, um. We normally do the cultural exchange bit here, but we haven't got long. I just want to say I'm, I'm so genuinely serious about the celebrant thing. And um, if I get a, a website fired up, I just need some bio details from you. Rates. Are, are, you, are you in? Because I, I need to start with a you know, few people with TV credits and stuff. Yeah, right? but
4: I will only ordain third marriages.
1: Third marriages. Third times the okay. charm. Yeah. Third times the charm. I mean, it's definitely going to be the funnier one to do, isn't it? The first ones are all a bit serious. Oh, there's hope; it might last. Yeah, okay. Third ones, people are a bit relaxed, it's just shits and giggles, isn't it? Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Maybe the bride's <laughs> wearing a pantsuit.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I will only do massive age gap
4: ones. <laughs> If you've enjoyed this podcast, please tune in to Late Night Mash, the TV show on Dave at 10pm Thursdays. You can also stream it for free on UKTV Play if you're young and hip like me. Olga
1: I'm not
4: that old, I've streamed stuff. Documentaries about the war? So what if it was? And you know what? Even if you haven't enjoyed the podcast, tune into the show. A hell of a lot more money spent on a TV show.
1: Yeah, the TV show is not filmed in a seedy hotel room, for instance.
4: And I wish it were... Each week our new host Rachel Paris is joined by a load of funny correspondents and a special guest all giving their expert analysis on this week's news and everything else interesting going on in the world of culture, society, and showbiz. Jeff Norcott's on it sometimes, I'm on it, and we're funny, right? Right?
1: Right! You're great, Olga. We're good together, actually. We could become a powerful double act like Bennifer. We could call ourselves Norcock.
4: Jeffka? Maybe. Late Night Mash, Thursdays at 10 on Dave and streaming on UKTV Play.
2: Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freakneek The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta Street Party.
0: Have you ever wondered what it'd be like to nose around a comedian's house, take their stuff and see how much money you can make by selling it? No, that's a pretty niche thing, to be honest. Bit creepy, really. But that's the premise of Dave's brand new comedy podcast, Hard Sell, with me, Josh Jones. And me, Darren Harrier. We're going to travel the country, visiting the homes of different comedians, chatting about their spending habits before grabbing one of their favorite possessions and giving ourselves one week to try and sell it for charity in a competition to
2: see who can raise the most money.
0: It's a right laugh as we get to meet amazing, funny people like Kima Bob, Joel Domit, Ria Lena, Ivo Graham, Josh Pugh, and lots more.
1: But also sort of like an incredibly stressful cheese dream where we're trying to shift what are essentially stolen goods against the clock. (laughs) It's bonkers.
0: Hard sell with Josh Jones. And Darren Harrier. Available now wherever you get your podcasts.